Emo, emo, emo. How familiar are you with Canadian laws? Rate yourself one to ten. Well, I know the basics, like, mm. you know, don't steal stuff. Um, four. In general, okay, okay, fair. Did you know that it is illegal to eat ice cream on Bank Street in Ottawa? Or that in Alberta, it's against the law to paint a wooden ladder? No. These are laws in Canada. Today, we're going to discuss the laws around bereavement in Canada. Well, try and stop me, coppers. I'm going to I'm gonna paint all of the Albertan ladders, all of them. <laughs> How many so, ladders are there in Alberta? I'll, I'll get to all of them. We're going to find out. Let's find out. Mission. Mission. Yep. Answers Side on a postcard. Side quest. Knowing just how ridiculous some of these laws are, ice cream and no painting ladders, we're going to dive into some that revolve around bereavement and bereavement leave. Exciting. So since it's just for Canadian context, we want to encourage our non-Canadian listeners to look up the laws in your own country. You can even reach out to us with yours or even tell us about the time that you fought the law and the law won. What? Yes, because sharing is caring and education is key. Before we get started, we want to explain what bereaved itself means. <laughs> wow. So you, your podcast is about death. That's so cool. You must explore such complex themes. Yes, today, children, we're explaining what the word bereavement means. <laughs> oh, my God. Take it away, Count. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by the letter B for bereavement. <laughs> there are one, two, three grieving widows. Three. I sometimes can't tell if you're talking to me or to yourself. It's like the big (laughs) voice in your head just comes out to play. And I'm just like along for the ride, which I'm grateful for. It's one of the reasons I appreciate you. Bereaved is when you're deprived of a close relationship or friendship through their death. Bereavement is the act or condition of being bereaved. And bereavement leave itself is the time that's allotted to employees to deal with the death of a family member without the fear of job loss. Sometimes this can be paid or unpaid, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. And any instance where we're talking about bereavement leave or workplace laws, it's important to mention that so much of Western working culture and protections are based on really archaic laws that were passed Mm. towards the tail end of the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. And that was to curb things like child labor and really, really unsafe working conditions. They weren't that bad. I mean... They were were terrible. Come on, get it straight. Yeah, Awful. And, I mean, we're still working on the five-day work weeks we were given probably 100 years ago. And the only reason we cut it down to five was probably religious reasons. I think uh, Spain recently announced that they were going to move to a, a four-day working week. You know, as if siestas weren't enough. <laughs> as someone who's Greek, and I know that my people in Greece love uh, leaving their workplace at like two in the afternoon and not coming back, I very much appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I also think, didn't they implement UBI as well or something recently? Ooh. Yeah, so Spain began apparently an economic experiment for universal basic income recently. Uh, it's like no strings attached form of income. Um, that's all I know about it. That's all I know. Wow. I can't, so I UBI, a four-day work week, and all the rain stays mostly on the plane. 
I mean, we're still working on the five-day work weeks we were given 100 years ago. So we're talking about an era where the most progressive thing was limiting child labor, but only slightly. Like, Nigel, this poor nine-year-old works 12 hours a day in life-threatening positions in a factory. That's horrible. Hmm, you're right, Clive. What should we do? Yeah, let's shorten it to nine hours a day and then head to the pub and get sloshed, old boy. Deal? Was that you putting on a British accent when you already have a British? Okay. Even more, it was like a sort of Nigel Thornberry type deal. Okay. I I appreciate the commitment to Mm -hmm. character. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) So fast forward to now, and we still only get a handful of days off for, for anything really. So God forbid if somebody dies. So some industries are just waking up to the idea of remote work and increased time off. And what did that take? Only a bloody global pandemic. So there's been this drive for improvements in the workplace from digital transformation of roles to better work-life balance for years, but nobody cares because money. Um, um, um. Like a cookie monster for money. <laughs> or hungry, hungry hippos. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we're still getting to a point where we're getting adequate sick days. Like we don't even have that yet. I remember back in March, 2020, when was it? Or February, 2020, I got the flu and I was like out of commission for two weeks. Okay. I was like out of it. And now in hindsight, the idea of only having to take three to four days time off, three to four days off to, to get my body to recover properly is just so laughable. Like looking back, Mm. it's, it's a joke. It's such a joke. So pre-pandemic, I would have made a joke about going in and making my boss sick. Nowadays, that would be a death sentence in poor taste. Emma, why don't you do it? Say the thing, funny man, talking your accent. Dance, puppet, dance. Exactly. Here we go. (laughs) Should have gone in and made your boss sick. For legal reasons, I would like to state that the previous comment was a joke. Please don't sue us. We all know that working laws and culture have historically been tied to productivity, which has resulted in all the laws and regulations we have today, where we treat people like machines without the human element attached. We, we don't get to understand people as individuals, just machines, essentially. Yep. With so much emphasis on productivity at work, it makes it super challenging to discuss real-life situations like the death of a loved one. Yeah, it's like... Welcome to company employee 4,532. You're tens of thousands of dollars in debt and you're given five years of your life to get here. Please be productive and ensure that your professional concerns outweigh your personal ones. So let out your frustrations at home and mentally scar your children. And no, I won't give you time off to pick the kids up from the therapy. You're having a field day with the accents today. It's Look great. I'm just, I'm just, it's like I'm, I'm doing all it. your personalities are coming out. Yeah, it's once. been a tough week. It's great. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's it, this is done and it's kind of like we're forced to compartmentalize in a sense. There's only so much that you can do when someone literally dies in terms of managing your own emotions. Plus, I also think just in terms of the idea of compartmentalization, it's a bit of a joke. I mean, humans look at situations holistically. And one thing that happens in your life is going to trickle down and impact other areas of your life. It's like, honestly, it's like the cycle of abuse, if you think about it, mm. in a sense. You can't just keep your emotions off the clock and then turn them on when it's convenient. Uh, I actually remember this one moment in time a few months ago where I went for a run and there's this song that always reminds me of my mom called Supermarket Flowers by Ed Sheeran. 
that how you say his last name? Help me. Ed Sheeran. Oh, I didn't know about that. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Yes. Ed Sheeran. I, anyways, I can't pronounce his name. I don't know why. I can't anymore. Right, right to, right to us. Uh, And I was totally and completely fine before the run when I got maybe 45 minutes into it and the the song came on and I just remember I started to bawl my eyes out mid-run. And again, before that, I was totally fine. The reason I bring that up is because there are days where I can listen to that song absolutely no problem. But for whatever reason, I was in my feelings that night. Mm. And it goes to show sometimes you can't choose when you feel what you feel. It just happens. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, when was this run? You asking permission before asking questions is very unheard of. Seriously, though, it was about nine months ago. (laughs) Okay. So we're talking, you know, decades after you lost your mom. Mm -hmm. These moments still happen to you now. Mm -hmm. So how on planet Earth is someone supposed to come back to work after like three or four days? That's, That's madness. Through repression... Ammo, hello, get with the picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, compartmentalizing and repression actually works. It's super healthy for you. I know all about it. I'm British Indian. <laughs> that explains so much, especially all your personalities that are coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Are you personally familiar with general workplace laws when it comes to Canada, Britain, or India? Um, more so Britain. Oh, yeah? But... In terms of Canada, I know enough to hate them uh, if vacation days are anything to go by. So my first job out of uni in the UK, I got 21 vacay days and then worked up to something like 27. Here, the standard is 10. And don't get me wrong, I love Canada, but I hate North American working culture. How long did it take you to work up to 27 from 21? Do you remember? I think it was just carrying over days and getting a promotion here and there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So like a year or about a year or two. Yeah. Wow. Like almost a month. Jeez. Mm. Uh, So you said you hate North American work culture. Let's find out how much you really hate it because I have a little true and false quiz for you, my friend. True or false. Workers are entitled to a three day period of paid time off following the loss of someone that they love. Hmm. See, if that's true, it's still better than back home. There's technically no bereavement leave in the UK. It's at the employer's discretion. You know, you'd be an asshole not to grant it, but still. Um, Three is nice and low, though, so it sounds true. That is true, but only when the employee is (laughs) full-time. So even with just the three days, there's some fine print. (laughs) Your family member died. Day one, sad. Day two, sad. Day three, sad. Day four, let's go, baby. (laughs) Party time. (laughs) (laughs) Bottle service. (laughs) Um, Next one is workers receive two days unpaid time off. Mm. (laughs) Unpaid time off is such a BS concept. Just side note. That's not paid off, bro. That's short-term job loss (laughs) um true yes you're true well that is true uh but again this is only if they are full-time so in total you get five days off 
off, mm, quote, okay. quote unquote, total five days off. Right. Okay. So I was wrong before. So it's day one, sad. Day two, sad. Day three, sad. Mm-hmm. Day four, actually a bit better. Day five, sad. Again. Day six, let's go, baby. <laughs> Popping bottles. That's it. Back to work. Next one, true or false? This time off can be taken any time after the person passes. Wait, <laughs> after who passes? Like the employee? Because that's a terrible boss if it doesn't let their employee start working after they've died. I feel like there's a lot of people that support capitalism and they'll say that they continued working after death. But so, no, I mean the family member. So like take, for example, you can take the time off a month after experiencing a loss as opposed to right after. Oh, okay. So you weren't talking about capitalistic necromancy. <laughs> <laughs> Not this episode. Oh. <laughs> stay, stay tuned for future. Season two is going to be a riot, guys. <laughs> um, well, ideally, you'd want to take that off straight away, right? But I don't see there being any like stupid law that would dictate when. False. False, false, false. You need to take the leave within three days of the family member's passing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, your period <laughs> of bereavement has expired. That is so stupid. Uh, go to jail. Um, <laughs> yep, so in later episodes, we'll talk about how grief is so different for different people that this idea that everyone will have time to process it, quote unquote, in three days, after the loss is 100%, it's laughable and it's absolutely terrible because people grieve differently. They experience mm-hmm. things very differently. Next, true or false? You are eligible for this time off as soon as you begin your employment. Well, death waits for no probation period, so true. Unless you're in purgatory. False, mm. you need to be full time for three months. Okay, so death must wait for the probation period. You cannot be serious. I am dead serious. Last one, last one. True or false, you get more time off for direct family members versus friends or remote kin. Uh, That sounds archaic, so it's probably going to be true. You are correct, my friend. You only get this time off allotted to you if the following people in your life die. Okay. Your spouse, your parents, your spouse's parents, your child, your brother and or sister, or a relative you live with. Yeah, but if you're in Alberta, then they're all the same person anyway. I'm sorry, people from Alberta. Uh, As a side comment, these may be different depending on if you're working for a small or large organization. At the end of the day, these are the laws that an employer has to give you. This is the bare minimum that they have to provide to you. Yeah, it's a fair point. But um, still, the bare minimum is sad. And and we know that the bare minimum means that's what most, like 99% of employers are going to do. Yeah. For that last point, that rule can really hurt people, though, instead of helping them. So I'm thinking, like, mainly about the prejudice this has against the LGBTQ plus community. In some cases, they unfortunately have to choose their own family because of bigots. So let's say they build this chosen family around them, but then the law dictates that they're unable to get the amount of time they need to grieve because they're not, you know, an immediate family member. 
Yeah, exactly. They don't fall into one of those categories that was listed. And there's so much to unpack, particularly within the LGBTQ community as it comes to dying and death laws. For example, there are some places that don't necessarily recognize same-sex partners. So when one of them dies, the process of dealing with the death falls on blood family and those people they may be completely estranged from. So, and people that may not necessarily support them during their life. So essentially strangers are now given the responsibility to carry out their final wishes. Yeah. And there's also an entire discussion around trans individuals and their deaths. Some of their families don't necessarily accept them during life and actually bury them with their dead name, with clothes they may not have even worn when they were alive. Mm. So those who were their chosen family members, they're unable to step in to essentially advocate for the deceased and they're left to mourn someone they may not even recognize uh, that's laying in the coffin. So there's so much, there, there's so many issues that revolve around death laws and they're not spoken about because we think either we don't have to think about it, we don't have to talk about it, we'll deal with it later. And unfortunately, oftentimes later is, it's too late. Yeah. But what also, what if you were never close to your birth parents? but you were raised by a distant family member who was then more like a parent to you. Mm-hmm. When they pass, then you don't, they don't get the parent uh, bereavement treatment, do they? It would no. just be at discretion and it's not one it, to trust. Yeah, it's absolutely. And it goes back to what you said earlier about it coming down to <laughs> if, if the employer doesn't give you this time off, like they're in the wrong, like it just looks bad on them, yep. but legally they don't have, they don't necessarily have to. And I, I know that there's places that do that. So yeah, it's, it's good business to be an ass, unfortunately. Pretty much. Yeah. Like money doesn't cry. Nope. <laughs> it wipes up tears though. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie land guys, check it out. <laughs> when it comes to bereavement support in the workplace, As you mentioned, workplaces have to be seen as a hub of productivity. It can be challenging to find the support and resources one may need. Yeah, especially in the workplace, resources that don't have that stinky HR, we've got our company's best interest at heart, but we care about you kind of whiff, you know? Yeah. It's it's unfortunate that most of them fall into that category. <laughs> and it's also kind of like they're lying to themselves. But when yeah. you tell a lie long enough, you start to believe it. So that said, there are a handful of ways that workplaces can create a more supportive work environment, which we'll list out for our listeners. One of which is by providing a supportive benefits package. And I was actually speaking with a friend about this recently. Her dad passed away. And her coworkers came together and got her food gift cards that lasted her a week. Okay, so her her shopping was taken care of. When I was speaking to her about it, she mentioned that covering the basics of Maslow's pyramid, which is uh, physiological needs, meaning you need things such as air, water, food, shelter, and clothing to survive, it meant the world to her because she just didn't have to think about the little things that you need to survive. You know, like yeah. it, it just was so... It, the way that she spoke about it, super, super grateful, very thankful. Mm, it's it, it's interesting you say that because it's such a basic need that often gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle's dog passed away recently and his co-workers actually ended up ordering him a meal for a few days. So it's kind of pretty much what you said. Um, Love that. It, that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, 
And then on the benefits side of things, like you mentioned, there's also sufficient mental health benefits, you know, therapy, mm-hmm. coupled with support networks and genuine resources. Yeah. Like showing that you actually care mm-hmm. about, yeah. Another way for workplaces to support those going through bereavement is to ask employees what they need or what they want. And I really like this point because it allows people to advocate for themselves. It gives them space to, to speak up, essentially. I also like this one because depending on the person, it lets them listen to their body more closely. So, for example, what an employer can do is say, hey, what do you need? And then the employee can say, hey, I am unable to wake up to get here for 9 a.m. I need to adjust my hours. I just I just need to adjust my hours. And then that can go into being starting at 11 as opposed to 9 or something. Mm. Or maybe their sleep is affected opposite where they're waking up earlier and they're going to, better, going to bed earlier as well. So it gives the person a chance to listen to what they need in the moment. Yeah. Just a bit of a bit of flexibility, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes back to what you were saying about everyone processing grief differently. You know, I think with your point above, that's a great point, as long as it's done in a way where it doesn't put extra emotional labor on the person who's grieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and it, which is so challenging to do because because we don't talk about this, we don't necessarily know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Which is, and it's just the cycle continues. Another way to do this is to create and implement a process for employers to check in with the bereaved. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, true. Even better if it's some sort of either an external bereavement liaison or a close colleague internal who's, you know, free of that HR stench, right? <laughs> I really felt that in your soul. Who are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, just... Not at liberty to say. Not at liberty no, no. to say. I just worked for enough big companies that yeah. HR is. There's pro- a saying: HR is not your friend, and that's. It protects the business, not the people. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, yeah. So yeah, you get someone who genuinely cares, and most importantly, can act as a go-between between the employer and the employee, provided that's what they want. Yeah, a lot of people in that regard when they're doing the check-in, they often just ask, how are you doing? And even just on a basic level, I really dislike that question because it leaves no room for like discussion, I guess. That's my, Mm -hmm. that's my thing with it. And it just, it just frustrates me a lot. And also when I, when I check in with someone, I'm guilty of asking like, how are you doing or what's going on? And when the response is good, it's like, oh, give me more, man. Like what is going on in your world? So because everyone's auto answer is usually good, there are some other ways you can check in with someone by asking, how would you describe what you're feeling today? Good. Describe it. Okay, yeah, you got me. That's good. Yep. Thank you. Any other quick quick remarks? Not, not since that last one backfired. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> how can we best support you and how can we improve? That's like another it. one? Yep. And this is one that I really enjoy that me and Amu do. And it's, I found this meme and it made me think of you. What do you think of it? Yeah, that's very true. Um, (laughs) Going back to what you said about how are you good, that's because people kind of don't care. It's more conversation has become this really strange dance that you have to Mm. go through these rituals first and then you can carry on 
the real conversation. So how are you? Good. Great. Let's talk business. Nobody wants to interrupt that sort of method. But do you think that's, do you think people don't want to interrupt that or they, they're fearful of what that looks like? Because the reason I ask this is because I've started to ask these types of questions to people that I've worked with. And one of my coworkers actually messaged me on the side and she was like, I thought she even said, I thought it was a very weird that you were asking these types of questions. Like, how are you feeling? What are you like? Whatever, whatever. And she's like, I didn't know how to take it. Like she just didn't understand, I guess, like how to comprehend it. But when we started to talk, she's like, Oh, I just realized that you actually cared. Like you just wanted to talk. What does that say about our point before where the the workplace is a a hub of productivity Mm -hmm. where somebody does not know how to respond and is almost suspicious because you're saying, tell me how you're feeling. She used the word suspicious. And I was like, what? Who? Why? What spy am I? Like, what is going on? How dare you show concern? Yeah, it was, it's, it was so bizarre, but I'm also really glad that we had that dialogue because it, to this point, it, it just shows, yeah, people are worried. People are so fearful of being vulnerable. Yeah. Especially in the workplace, because we've kind of just been bred to think that, nope, it's only business. Just talk about the weather, avoid politics, done. And there's just so much going on in people's lives that we don't know about. Yeah, it's almost like the emotional part of you is compressed out of you in favor of just leaving the productive parts, I guess. It goes back to the compartmentalization aspect of it. Like you trying to compartmentalize like something that happened at home and coming into work and just not thinking about it. It's it, it's just so laughable to me. It's not possible. And again, yeah. if you think it is, it's like, mm, you need to go see a therapist. Maybe. Nothing works in binaries. Exactly. Except for exactly. binary code. Because that's that's kind of that's the point. That's the point of it. Yeah. It was made for that. Humans mm. were not made. Humans are not machines. Going back to that, impossible. The Matrix. <laughs> Another way to support those who are bereaved in the Matrix, no, in the workplace, is to create a training process for management and employees that explain how to respond to bereavement. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also making that mandatory because, yeah. again, minimum, people won't do it otherwise. And then make it as part of the onboarding. So everyone, as soon as they come into the company, they're all on the same level. Yeah. And then make sure they keep coming back to it. Yeah. You know, as long as we can drop this industrial revolution era attitude to prioritize workplace mental health as much as we do productivity and just keeping the machine turning. Yeah. That is what this is all about. Yeah. I really want to say hundred percent. I agree with you. And I, to add to that, I really want to say that to able to get to that point, we have to, we have to fix the way we're teaching children Mm. because sure we can implement, let like, let's take us, for example, like our age demographic or older, who's, for people who have never spoken about this or have had no interest in understanding it, they're already kind of stuck in their ways. You can put them into HR training, but they're not going to absorb it. They're just going to be like, okay, I'm done. Cool. I've seen this like, firsthand. Yeah, you've, you've seen it. I've seen it. We've yeah. all seen it. We're all, we're all holding hands together crying. Um, <laughs> and it, it is what it is, right? So, But if we were to teach children how to be more empathetic or understanding 
emotions and going back to just being more death literate and like recognizing that I want to say going into the workplace, having someone ask, Hey, how was your weekend? How are your parents? How's your family? You're not going to be met with, Oh, this person is super sus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It does. And you do see those conversations happening just in very tight knit groups Mm -hmm. at work. But that turns and into that's unhealthy. That's right? exactly what exactly. it does. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we want to know: Have you ever experienced a loss and had to return to work? How did that go? How did your workplace support you after the loss? How did they not support you? It's probably also, that one. It's probably the second one. Want you to drop that tea? Want to hear those stories? Slide in into, into our DMs and let us know. Where do they slide into our DMs, Maria? The outro covers that. We want to hear your stories. Slide into our DMs on social media and feel free to email us and let us know. <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Philotuma Life. You can find us online at Philotuma Life. That's P H I L O T I M O L I F E. Remember to subscribe now to join us as we breathe some life into the conversation around death. <laughs>